Welcome to the Deeper Darker Variety Show. My name's Ashley. And I'm Casey. Hi, welcome from our new recording spot, Ashley's super cool apartment. And if you hear those terrible, terrible noises outside, those are children. Little beasties. We're, we're both childless hags. <laughs> yes. And yes. generally resent any <laughs> disturbance to our peace. I'm like, are those children having fun? <laughs> she's also been living in a house for a while, so she forgot about apartment living. I did. So well, she's slumming it a little bit. Yeah. Shacking up with mom and dad, guys. It's great. Let me tell you, uh, I'm just going to start like a blog series called The Chronicles of a 33-Year-Old Living at Home. Yeah, an overqualified 33-Year-Old and Living at Home. I think that's the thing that gets me the most is I am way, I'm not like a, not the typical person you would think would be 33 and like living in their You'd parents' basement. You'd expect me to be living in my parents' basement. <laughs> yeah. That's really where I belong. <laughs> if my parents were probably more stable, I probably would be living in a basement somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I... I I'll joke about it. It's not so bad. I could have worse parents to live with. Yeah. They f they cook good food. And I think it'll be lovely for you, honestly. <laughs> they have a hot tub. So, Ooh, you know. Girl. Yeah. So, producer Eric and I are going over to Casey's parents' house after yeah. this. No, actually, they would love it. They always end up making friends with my friends. I think my friends who have met them like them better than me. Oh, cool. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cover Pauline Dakin today. Uh, she is the author of a book called Run, Hide, Repeat, which I did not read for this, just so we're clear. I, we do not have the funds to be buying new books and new right. documentaries for each of these. But which, if you want us to read shit, submit some money to our PayPal and we'll buy some books. Yeah, or, or we'll set up a wish list or something. And we'll figure all this out on our we Facebook. Should, we and should I should set up like a email. reading list or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. But the point is, I didn't read it. So don't get on my ass. <laughs> okay. We'll, so we'll find another reason to get on your ass. Paul <laughs> Give me <laughs> <laughs> So Pauline Dakin was part of what's called the Weird World, which is a world of Sounds like my kind of place. Right? It's not as fun as it sounds like. It's oh, real world it. sounds weird world sounds like a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. It's actually a whole subset of society that is set up for people that are fleeing the mafia. It's it's oh. like an elaborate witness protection kind of system. I imagine there's a lot of people. And I think it wasn't witness protection started specifically to protect people mafia, from the mafia. Most likely. I yeah. don't don't know for sure, but that sounds correct. Yes. Yeah. So so this girl at age seven, uh, she lives in Vancouver, Canada. Her parents are Canada. Warren and Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> and she has a brother. Warren and Ruth are like the, just the most wholesome names. It sounds, they're, they're, <laughs> their upbringing sounds fairly wholesome, except for the fact their father was a heavy drinker and he got violent when he drank. But aside from that, her parents did split at five years old. Uh, her mother left her father, her businessman father, because of the violent drinking, obviously. Right. And um, they were living in the same city for a while. And then at the age of seven, they are going to go on a holiday to Winnipeg, which is a thousand miles. So it just is it just her and her mother? It's her and her mother and her brother. Okay. So the three of them are going to go on a holiday mm -hmm. at, when she's seven years old to Winnipeg. And on, a, on when they get there, her mother sits her down and tells her that they're never going back. They're never going back. They're never going to see their father again. They're just, yeah. they have moved and secretly pretty much yeah. moved. Sidebar, Canada has like... Just the greatest names for cities. It does. <laughs> Canada is precious and I want to go there. 
<laughs> Winnipeg, uh, Saskatoon. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I want to go explore. We should go to Canada on a little fact-finding trip. Yeah, maybe we have some Canadian listeners and we can go do a show there for you guys. A. Wink, <laughs> wink. See, I said A. <laughs> it's like Canadian speak. <laughs> so her mother tells her basically when this happened, she's like, I'm sorry, I can't tell you, but when you're older, I'll tell you, I'll explain everything to you. So there's not a lot. I hate when parents say that. I know, right? But, I mean, so what can annoying. you say to a kid? You kind of have to sometimes. So she's, by the age of 11, she's gone to six different schools. They're constantly moving around. Whoa. It's kind of a weird thing. But, again, she's a little kid. So there's nothing. Yeah. This is just life. Well, I, I, so n- probably not for this reason, but obviously not for this reason. But my mom being, like, a crazy drug addict, I think I went to six schools just between kindergarten and first grade. Oh, wow. We just, like, she was constantly all over the bouncing place. around. Yeah. yeah. So her mother has begun to see this minister, Stan. But she's seen him on the down low. Like, no one knows this is going on. Oh, is, she's, is he, like... Well, we'll get okay. to that. He stands, Stan was from the original city they were in. Okay. Stan was a pastor in the uh, alcoholic support group. So he was ah. running it and helping be a minister, not a pastor. There's Wait, a so how did her mom... Was her mom an alcoholic and went to, like, She meetings? went for support. Because of her oh, husband. Okay. So this is her, like, trying to get away from her husband. And um, so they they move. And somehow Stan and his wife, mm-hmm. wife, by the way, uh, is... Wait, he was married? Yes. Ooh, they, the they plot thickens. They are moving kind of along with them. Okay. Uh-huh. I don't think t- a bunch of the smaller moves, but, like, in the general, like, moving, leaving one so side Pauline of the country. So Pauline and her, her family were following this... Pastor, pastor, or he was or following them. Either way. Oh, okay. So okay. this is going on. So he's also uprooting his wife, his and wife, and just family. moving. Oh my gosh. No, no. I couldn't find anything about what he, it, what if anything he family? told them, okay. or anything he told them about like why we're moving. I think they just moved. Right. So eventually, uh, the family settles in New Brunswick. Again, Stan is not living with them or anything. But As opposed to Old Brunswick. Yes. <laughs> well, Old Brunswick would be where. I have no idea. I was oh. just making a really horrible dad joke. That's terrible. Sorry. I'll just go jump off the balcony. <laughs> Thanks. So the, the childhood is basically a lot of moving around, a lot of little weird things, but nothing nothing really to speak of, nothing that she can think of, you know, nothing to really set these alarm bells off. And in 1988, she graduates from university. She's working at a newspaper in St. John, and her mom calls her, mm-hmm. and she says, I'm ready to explain all of this to you. Okay. Okay. So she meets her mom at a hotel. Halfway between uh, new, where she was living and where her mother was living. Okay. They go. So and this they, is much much later. She's this older. this is after university. This is okay. at, at twenty three because her childhood. There's not really in the articles I read. There wasn't a really a lot of details because that's not really where the sting is. This is okay. As she realizes what's Wait, going oh, on. Oh, there's a sting. Oh, there's a sting. I'm so excited. <laughs> there's a sting because this isn't just hey my mom moves us around because my mom's a weirdo like we had to deal with. This is right. And when you're a kid too, you're like. Oh, I guess we have to move again. Yeah. You're not even paying attention We're moving. to. You don't yeah. know how many how how many times do normal people move? You don't know. Yeah. Does everyone move this much? So no big deal. There's there's nothing not really much to be said until she goes to this motel. And when she gets there, Ruth Ruth her mother gives her an envelope. And opening it says, "Don't say anything. Take your jewelry off. Put it in the envelope and I'll explain. Just don't talk." Take your jewelry off. Take your jewelry off. It's so weird. They go into the motel room. And Stan is there. This man who, I'm assuming Pauline knew him growing up, 
but right, not did well. Did Polly know that her, him, and her mom were like romantically nope, involved? Not a oh, thing. Shit. Not a thing. I don't even think she knows how close they are. Did she just thought this guy is around and he's a friend a of the family? Friend. Yeah. Okay. Just, just, just that. Stan Sears is in a motel, and first they tell her that they that the two of them are in love. Stan and Ruth are in love, despite the fact that he's married. He's been moving alongside them. Mm-hmm. And they have hidden their love this whole time. But they, they have been together this whole time on the download, unbeknownst to the oh kids or to Stan's wife. But that's still not the sting. I just have to say, how the f- how in God... Okay. How did the wife not know? Like, for that many years, your husband's cheating on you? Maybe she didn't give a fuck. Maybe she didn't, you know, maybe I she guess. didn't like him and just didn't, you know... What year? What years were was this generally? Was so it in the eighties? This started in the seventies. Okay. And she graduated from high school at eighty eight. So it's nineteen eighty eight when she meets her mom at the motel. Okay, don't get me off topic here because this okay. is the big sting. Check this shit out. This whole time they've been on the run from the mafia. Shut. They've been. From, wait. Shut up. Yeah. Are you serious? From the mafia. Because Warren, you remember Warren, old, old daddy. Warren. Warren. Yes. Warren. Warren was an organized crime. Warren doesn't sound like the kind of person who's going to be an organized crime. He apparently had been involved. He's a businessman. So, I mean, business business and the mafia are are pretty intertwined in a lot of places. This is... This is bonkers. This is blowing my mind right now. Yeah, it gets it gets way weirder. Okay. The jewelry that she took from her daughter, that was needed to be tested for bugs. That's why that she took it off. She didn't <laughs> want her to bring any bugs into the hotel room where they were going to be did, recorded. Just, okay. Did she really think that her daughter's jewelry was bugged? Yes. Yeah. And again, again, Whoa. this is her daughter has been living separately from her. She's been going. Right. She went to university and then she's working for a newspaper. So she's not living with her mom. Right. And so this this implies that the mafia is not after just the mom, but also for, with the kids. Mm-hmm. So they they had escaped. This is the whole reason why they left their life is because dad was involved in the mafia and Holy shit had gone wrong. Shit. And they needed to get How out. How do you even have that conversation with your kid? How do, they needed to get out or die. So Stan is the one who is explaining most of this. And according uh-huh. to Stan, he, before again, for all this had started with with their family, he had counsel, uh, counseled a mafia kingpin who wanted to get out of the life. He wanted to go straight. Mm-hmm. The mob find out, found out and killed that dude and then comes for Stan because he had talked to Stan and he, uh-huh. you're, you're uh, closing up lo- loose ends. Ruth herself becomes a target while she's working as the secretary for the church that Stan is a minister at. So that, okay, it's all coming together now. This is what is bringing them together. Initially, you think it's just because of the AA. Well, it wasn't AA, excuse me. It was an alcoholic support group, which is right. basically AA. But uh, before that, somebody from AA is going to ring my ass for comparing <laughs> it. Uh, my apologies. We are going to get a scathing email. A- AA itself is going to contact me. <laughs> so We're going to have to go into witness protection now from the AA. <laughs> from the AA. No, that's uh, Narconon because that's run by Scientology. Narconon? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Al- uh, do they do Alconon? Alconon and Narconon are specifically run by Scientology. Not, they're not the same what? as AA. Yeah, I had to counsel my family not to send my drug addict cousin to Narconon because I'm like, that's oh, not the same as Narconon. No, Nar- no, no. Narconon sounds like They'll Narcotics put on Anonymous. A sh- ship and throw them overboard. Yeah, yeah, you'll get in the. <laughs> they, they use it as Scientology recruiting. Anyway, aside from that aside, uh, agents are now following each member of the family and have been this entire time. And these agents have saved them from being kidnapped, from being poisoned, from being murdered, because they're the mafia is trying to erase them. And this is where Pauline's told about the weird world, Uh which is communities of protective custody. 
Right. They're telling her all of this right now because Ruth is tired of running and she's ready to go inside, which is so, basically... So they're not officially in witness protection. They've just been, like, running. Well, they've been... They've had agents protecting them. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that is witness protection, but they okay. haven't been accepted into one of the communities, which is specifically set up for those people. Got it. So okay. it's basically a whole community of people who are, uh, like, leaving... Mo- like, pe- uh-huh. Madia de- Mafia defectors, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Ruth is tired and she's ready to be accepted in one of these communities but that would also mean again disappearing yeah, I mean I guess running and, and picking up your family and moving has got to get absolutely exhausting yeah yeah and, and trying to fake it for your kids this whole time she's been right. faking normal for her kids because the mafia is after them and she's tired of it so but if she leaves and goes and does this she has to cut ties with her family mm-hmm. they will never see her again so that's why she's telling Shit. her daughter it's time to tell her yeah, um, and her dad, I mean, it, at this point, her daughter's an adult and yeah, probably handle it a lot better than, you know, 16-year-old. Of course, and she can make the decision if she wants to come right. as well. So Stan is already at what's called, and this is not a, a descriptive title, this is the name of, of the town, as they call it, Place of Hope. Oh. <laughs> but his wife hadn't wanted to go, so he left his wife and gone in, basically gone, uh, gone off, uh, go inside, excuse me, that's the term I'm looking for. So Pauline, as she's being told this, is realizing all these little things in her childhood Mm -hmm. that didn't seem, they seemed like whatever Mm -hmm. back then. That's why there's not much to say from her childhood because it's just shit. Like, uh, she came home one time and her mother is cleaning out everything in the fridge. She's throwing everything away. Condiments, all this stuff that doesn't go bad, keeps. Why are you throwing all this away? She was throwing it all away because it had been poisoned. They'd been warned that they'd been poisoned. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time when, in the middle of the school week, they took she took her hiking. Mm-hmm. Her and her brother and her mom went hiking, and they went to a cabin for a little bit. And once they, one time they skipped to go bowling mm-hmm. because all of these times they had been targeted. And mm-hmm. there's there was one time she said they were ushered in the house and like rushed in to scrub their feet, and then they had to wear plastic bags around the house and on their feet. That was what this seemed like the weirdest one. That I don't. That is so strange. I can't even. Imagine, I mean, what it is, what it is that that was d- dealing with, like why, what right. was that, that reaction to? I don't know. That's so strange. I couldn't find that yeah. either. It, this is this almost has like um, like Munchausen vibes a little bit. We'll, we'll get we'll get there. We'll oh, get there. There's some interesting yes. things. So Stan gives Pauline a transmitter so she can be followed by the good guys, so that the agents can continue <laughs> to protect her. This is fucking wild. And he gives her a transistor radio so she can contact help. If, like, something's going to happen. But he tells her, only use it if your life's really in danger because the people will respond to you and they're going to put their lives in, on the line for you. Mm-hmm. So this is serious business. Don't fuck around yeah, with it. Yeah, only use it, like, this is an adult toy. Only yes. use it in the case of an actual emergency. Yes. Okay. So Pauline is now, she's terrified now. She's living in fear. Fuck, yeah, dude. I'd be <laughs> losing my shit. Yeah, she's, she's scared to eat out because she's scared of being poisoned. Uh, oh she, God. she's worried that her telephone line is bugged. She's planning escape routes from her house. She's got a boyfriend at this time. She's living on her own and doing the newspaper yeah. thing. And it's just, it's just. Now, now I am a very anxious person. I cannot fucking imagine the level of anxiety she's having thinking that the mafia is after her and her family. Yeah. And, as, and now, now that she knows she's being let in on more stuff. So Stan and Ruth are telling her <sighs> that. People from her childhood have been arrested or killed or disappeared and replaced by doubles. And the doubles look exactly like them. 
Sometimes it's the good or the bad guys that are replaced by doubles. It happens, you know, like... Oh, my God. Or the good and the good or the bad guys replace the doubles. They are the doubles. Yeah. So sometimes it's a, it's a... A lot of times bad guys did have doubles. They like did doubles. Like, said, like, Hitler and Stalin, they had mm-hmm. d- doubles that would go out in public because... Obviously, people hated those motherfuckers. They wanted to assassinate them. Yeah. You know, this is interesting because, like, this is just people like, you know, this family friend or this aunt or this whatever has been killed and replaced by a double. And this double has has had plastic surgery and makeup and has been studying videos and behavioral mods and all these things to make sure that they're the exact people. And when her brother got married. This is some... This is some deep shit I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around. <laughs> when her brother gets married, she saw her dad and her aunt for the first time since this had gone down. And she's told by uh, Stan that the, her father and her aunt have been killed and replaced by doubles. Okay? Or taken away, arrested, whatever. Oh, my God. And Ruth, she's freaking out because this woman is her sister. Okay? Right. And she's freaking out and she's saying, but look at her toes. Those toes are exactly Penny's toes. How can you make somebody else's toes look like that? Why did well, this 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 is a double of my sister, but the toes look exactly the same. Okay, she's freaking out over it. It's just a whole deal. This and, is and Ruth. This is Ruth. This is the mom. And Pauline and Ruth over the years are getting these years are getting uh, letters from people in the weird world, people who have already been taken away or whatever, from her father and her grandfather who were in a top secret prison. And they're getting these letters. What from the them. fuck? Yeah, you can actually find on the BBC article, you can find uh, actual... Um, Her father and grandfather in Area 51. The picture. <laughs> <laughs> Eat the aliens. They were going to... A little picture of, like, the letter. So Pauline is obviously increasingly paranoid and freaking out all the time, because who wouldn't be? And she decides that she wants to go inside. She doesn't want to have to live like this anymore. Yeah. And she wants to go inside into the protective community and join her mom. So she leaves her job, she leaves her boyfriend, she leaves everything behind, and she moves to Halifax. Wow. She uproots herself again. Wow. Okay. Well, while living in Halifax and waiting to go inside, Pauline meets Kevin, this guy named Kevin, and she marries him, and it's yeah. agreed that he needs to be let in on the secret. And at okay. the wedding, Stan gives her away because she can't have her father there because her father's not even her father anymore. Right, right. It's, it's, double. it's one of the doubles. And. Fuck. Uh, this whole time this is going on, Stan is telling... This pa- is some deep paranoia. Telling Pauline and Ruth about this house. Like, they've got... They're making houses. Like, there's going to be a house for Stan and uh, Ruth. And there's going to be a house for Pauline and for Kevin. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Pauline's going to have a horse. And, like, all of these things that he's just building up. This this inside place that they're going to go to where they're all going to be safe. And five years go by. And they still haven't gone. They're still... Dealing with Stan, telling them that, you know, there's there's whatever reason and whatever reason and whatever reason. Yeah. So Pauline starts to really get uh, suspicious about this as this is going on. Right. So she calls her mom and tells her, that my house got broken into. Her mother is like, oh, you know, I'll call Stan. So she calls Stan and, and, and then they call Pauline over. And her and Stan tell her that two people have been picked up with pictures of Pauline. And they've been following her and looking Fuck. for things in her home. Except Pauline, her house was never broken into. She made that up. What? Hold on. Hold on. So Ruth made up that Pauline's house was broken Pauline into. Pauline made it up. Pauline made it up. She told her mom. She said, Mom, my house has been broken into. Like, But that never happened. Never happened. But Ruth and Stan told her, oh, yeah, they caught two guys down the street. Something had pictures is not, of you. Something is the, not correct about this. So, the, and again, the agents had caught these people. You know, Stan's in contact okay. with the agents. 
<laughs> a week later, Pauline goes to her mom and she's, she's... I'm literally on the edge of my seat right now. <laughs> uh, and she confronts her and tells her, like, I made that up. That never happened. And Ruth is pissed that Pauline would, would now be in danger. She's, right. she's mad that, she, that Pauline isn't believing her. And if Pauline isn't believing her, Pauline is now in danger. And Stan says, oh, there must have been some mistake. And they're going to investigate it. Mafia never had anything to do with any of this. None of any of what I just told you about the mafia and the weird world and the agents and the doubles and all, every bit of that is bullshit. It's all wait, bullshit. Wait, <laughs> no way. This, this girl has been on the run. Wait, 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 hold on. It was all, it was, this is all just a made up lie. Everything. Well, the, the movie Every, everything true. from when she was an adult or everything, everything, the entire, her entire childhood. That's why her, her mother legitimately moved her because her mother legitimately, her mother's not <laughs> lying to her and Stan isn't lying. No one is lying. Stan is delusional. No, no. So Stan made all of this up. Well, and Ruth believed him. Ruth believed Stan. And then she brought her kids into this. She left her husband, which she already, she'd already left her husband, but she left her husband behind, Holy her ex-husband, and moved a thousand miles across the country and has been on the run since Pauline was seven years old. <gasps> and Pauline is now well into her 20s. Wait, okay. I'm having a really hard time with this right now. So... So she uprooted her children, left and right. Left her ex-husband, left her left, family, left everyone for she's For years, for, for her entire, so Pauline's entire childhood was spent on the run from people that didn't exist. Nope. None of this, none of this was real. It was all a delusion. Bro. <laughs> she threw away her entire, this woman threw away her entire life and started over across the country believing. Oh my, I don't know who I feel worse for, the mom or, or Pauline. Yeah. Like, Ruth. Ruth believed this. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't looking to hurt her kids. And it sounds like she, it really does sound like she, she had her kids' best interest at she heart. Did. And she was like, oh my God, these bad people are following us. I need to move my kids. I need to protect my children. Yeah. She, Ruth, Ruth really didn't mean to do her wrong. But she's actually. But she did her. So, oh my God, she's got to be so fucked up yeah. now. And super, there, Pauline talks about, uh, and that's another reason I do want to read that book. Because I, I do want to see how she dealt with that. I want more uh, insight into that. She, so did Stan, did Stan believe these delusions Stan too, believed him, or, yes. or was he just, was it like a control thing? Was he just trying to control this? No, woman? apparently he was a very nice man. Like every, he, everything was, was on the up and up. And as far as anyone can tell, of course he died. So like they couldn't really, you know. Interview him or figure it, it yeah, out. Yeah, the, they couldn't really confront him with this. He had died uh, before Ruth had died, and and he legitimately believed it. He had like a little uh, thing in his wallet that picked up Morse code, and like he would like like translate what? the Morse code <laughs> messages. Yeah, he he believed this shit. He thought that the mafia was after him and after Ruth. Oh my Ruth, god! And he was there were agents and all these kinds of things. I I don't know to what degree. Like, is he having? I phone what calls has got himself? to be going on in your head that you, your brain makes up this story. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how does your mind not differentiate that this is a, a lie that your mind is telling it's itself? It's a form of schizophrenia. Does, yeah. Okay. It has to be right. Yeah, yeah. Like your, your brain, you are believing your own bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Steven, our friend Steven once explained to me about schizophrenia. It's like, uh, somebody and all of us would see there's a glass of water sitting in front of you, but to a schizophrenic, it's a cat. And you can't tell them that it's not a cat because they're looking and seeing and feeling and experiencing a cat. 
Right. It's they're not so they're not making it up. They're not like there's, there's they're no, not looking at it knowing it's a glass of water and just saying it's a cat to be a yeah. fucking dickhead. They're, they're not. It's not some kind of, of of purposeful denial. There's no denial in they, it. They in their heart of hearts believe it. it. It is a literally. It's a break with reality. So as as you oh, are God. obviously this is an oversimplified explanation that I just right. used. But the it's a break with reality. So real the way you are, your mind is taking in because all reality is is everything that we are perceiving. It's what right. our, our eyes and our ears and our sense of touch, it's all of these things. It communicates it to our brain and our brain processes it. And that's how we deal with reality. That's how we see anything. This is a couch. I'm sitting on a couch and it's a brown couch. And we can right. all look at it and see it because all of our brains are working the same way. Right, right. But if your brain is not, not working, working that way, then this is a fucking it fluffy cloud. It's, it's, it's a flying dragon. It's whatever. God, the brain is... Fucking schizophrenia incredible. is terrifying schizophrenia is legit legitimately terrifying part of me i'm like okay i'm 33 i think i'm I you're think well I'm, past, I'm it. past uh, it schizophrenia tends to onset in early 20s okay and that's why when you're fucking around with lsd when you're early years they tell you not to because if you have the propensity for schizophrenia yeah. i could kick it off to be honest that's why i think i waited so long to even experiment with any of my drug use and i think my drug use is it can only ever be described as like experimental recreational yeah but i waited a very long time because i was like my that prefrontal cortex is still developing yeah. i got to get through college yeah i waited a long time myself i didn't want to necessarily jump in with both feet feet there <laughs> so um so this this, this story is fucking that's bonkers. what Blibby, that's why i had to do it like we've i realize as you're listening to this we've been doing a lot of uh, female-centric shows lately that won't be the entire show and we will be going into more niche things but right now like this just i saw this yeah. and i had to talk about it because that's so good all that build up so so where is she now is she a normal person or? yeah she's got two kids she's doing she's doing well she's she's uh really intelligent woman she's really interesting from the little bits that i saw on her and like i heard her speak she uh stan died and she went uh pauline excuse me i've been eyeing too much pauline went and reconnected with her dad who was sick and had and had emphysema he was mm -hmm. dying and he started drinking again and yeah. she picked up a relationship with him but didn't tell him everything because it would just upset him and he's already sick yeah and, yeah obviously yeah so she didn't tell him any of that and then she had her own kids. She has two girls. And when Ruth is dying of cancer, this was quite a while ago, but Ruth lived with her while she was dying of cancer. And, yeah. you know, she'd even said... Pauline's still alive and kicking yeah. and just... Yeah, she'd even said to wow. Pauline, like, if you don't believe this, you must hate me. And, um... And... Pauline was like, I don't hate you. I just, I was very angry at you. You know, yeah. I, I had a lot of anger Obviously, at you. Obviously, I mean, your whole childhood... I couldn't imagine learning that my entire childhood was a, a lie. Yeah, was... and, and that no one did it to hurt you. That's the thing. You and I have gone through some weird shit, but that was the deal. Most of the time, nobody meant to hurt us. They were just lost in their own shit. This yeah. woman thought she was doing it right by her kids. Yeah. She did. Can you imagine taking the yeah. kids bowling and having to pretend like it's a normal day when you're sure Deeply that you're going to die? Somebody's going to take you. They're going to take you. They're going to kidnap your kids. They're going to murder you, and you're never going to see your kids again or whatever. I mean, so growing up... We moved around a lot when I was a kid. Like I said, we I went to a lot of different schools between kindergarten and first grade and but that that was totally different. My my mom was not deluded. She was just an alcoholic who had a who struggled keeping she was housing. She yeah. was hurting and and, she... and and I I resented her for a very 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 long time for yes. it, but I think I've gotten to a point now where I'm like she had her own demons. She probably shouldn't have had children, but 
hey. Here you are. Yeah, yeah I've had to go with, with my own family. Like, you just look back and... At, at the end of the day, we are both lucky that we have messed up parents, but parents that loved us. Yeah, I, I can say out of anything, my mom loved us. I just don't think she knew how to parent and yeah. how, how to love. Of course. There, that, there's, all, there's all that mess. But at, at the, you know, there's, there's people who were abused by their parents because their parents are monsters and hated them and intentionally hurt them. And our mothers yeah. mostly just didn't know what the hell I, they were doing. I do think that my mom had a level of hating me because I looked so much like my dad and oh, yeah, she, hate, she hated my dad. Yeah. So I think that she took a lot of her frustrations with my dad out on of me. Of course, there's all that. But I mean, just generally. And, and Ruth Ruth loved her kids. She tried to do right by them and she died uh, even after yeah, Stan she, died when all this shit stopped. Ruth still believed I mean, it. I guess the only thing she can say that she, she's just a victim, she was maybe just very naive. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't really look into anything that this guy was telling her. And how and how can you anyway? Like, what resources do you have? Especially right. pre... Well, she it was someone she trusted. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have all been caught up in believing someone's bullshit yeah. because it was coming from somebody who trusted. I mean, I talk about my mom a lot, and she... I believed... When I was a kid, I believed everything she said. Oh, yeah, mine too. And it fucked me up for a very long yep. time because the shit she said was fucking crazy yeah yeah i I, I believed all my mom's lies because it's my mom and you you hang on every word your mother says right especially as a daughter like your mom is to a certain age your mom's everything to you and they could do no wrong even though and then as you get older you're like oh they're kind of a piece of shit yeah you're kind of fucking up there emma yeah thanks mom thanks mom thanks for uh the fucking mental illness and the years of therapy i have to go through yeah but pauline seems to at least come to a place of peace with her mom which is important well that's what that's super good it's important for anybody when you go through stuff even you can get to don't have to get there it's not something that you need to do but if you can get there it's a good place to be golly so yeah that's the story of pauline dakin and the weird world hey man and again her uh, this author of run hide repeat if you're interested pick up that book yeah, read I, it. We didn't do it. <laughs> to, to my knowledge, I don't believe there are any documentaries out there on this if you're more a doc right. fan. There, I did find, like, a, a fair amount of really good articles online about it. There are a lot of good articles, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just Google that shit. Hey. Um, so, I, I was trying to stay on topic, and I was trying to find cases in which people were legitimately running from the mafia. Yeah. Um, and there were, there are a lot of them, but none, none of them were specific. It was just like, yeah, this happens all the time. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, they probably can't be specific about these things lest they... Right. So I <laughs> found just some fun facts, uh, as I do, about uh, just some of the, the most famous mom murders in history. So cool. I'm just going to kind of fucking go through them. Everyone loves murder and so shit. Basically, so. you just watch Goodfellas or... Yeah, <laughs> I had a casino marathon over Ooh. the weekend. Uh, so the first one was is the murder of Paul Castellano. You know Paul? You know Paul? Yeah, Paul. Paul, that guy. He was known as the Howard Hughes of the mob. Uh, Constantino Paul, also known as Big Pauly Castellano. He uses business savvy to bring the Gambino crime family to its financial apex. By turning the family away from uh, illegitimate businesses like drug trafficking towards more comparatively safer practices. I, I guess, so far as the mob goes, safer practices. Oh, of course, yeah. Drug, drug trafficking is quite uh, dangerous. Uh, money laundering and extortion. You yeah. know, just a very light crime. Just a little bit. Uh, through his focus, what, though his focus was business, he didn't shy away from calling hits, especially when it came to his daughter, 
Constance, he allegedly ordered the murder of her boyfriend. Oh Could you imagine dating the daughter of a mob boss? Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> nope. My butthole pucker is just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, so her boyfriend's name was Vito Borelli, and this was in 1975 after Borelli disrespected him. <laughs> and he also threatened her ex-husband, Frank Amato, chopped him up, what? chopped up and thrown into the ocean when Castellano found out he'd been abusing her. So, Ooh. yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool, though, if he was abusing her. <laughs> it's pretty cool, I yeah. Mean. Could you imagine? Oh. Uh, so, but like most people... Exposed to insane money and power, Castellano got greedy. He built a 17-room mansion on Staten Island designed to resemble to the, the White House in 1981. Oh, my goodness. He then began to demand larger cut from the mob's earnings. Unhappy with the way Castellano was running the organization, the Gambino, Gambino capo, John Gotti, organized a crew that shot and murdered Castellano while he was walking into dinner at Manhattan Spark Steakhouse in 1985. Wow, right on public like that. Yeah, seriously. They didn't give a fuck, dude. No. But especially back in the 80s, they yeah, would the just 80s walk up and time. pop someone. Yeah. Uh, the killing sent the Gambino family into chaos and signaled the beginning of its decline. So uh, the next one, it's probably one of the more famous ones. Everyone's heard of it, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yes. No list of mob murders would be complete without the famous St. Valentine's Day massacre. It was the climax of the Chicago gang war in the early 20s. The combination of smuggling opportunities during prohibition and the lack of FBI firepower and infrastructure made uh, Illinois City, the Illinois City, a playground for mobsters like Al Capone. Looking to control the entirety of the Chicago underworld, Capone was ruthless in taking down his enemies and uh, consolidating his organization. In 1929, Capo Capone's sole remaining competition was George Bugs Moran. Bugsy Moran. Bugsy. Bugsy. Yeah. And on Valentine's Day that year, Capone sent two of his men dressed as police officers to raid the north side garage that served as the headquarters for Moran's bootlegging operations. Capone's cops, in quotes, pretended to uh, arrest the seven mobsters that they found there ordering them to raise their hand and stand facing a wall. But when they turned around, the cops, again in quotations, revealed their identity via, t via the rounds of Tommy guns that they started unleashing into the men. Good God. Um, Bugs himself narrowly evaded murder as he was running five minutes late to the garage. Can you imagine showing up and just seeing all this fucking carnage everywhere? Nope. So the last one I want to talk about is uh, Bugsy Siegel. Okay. Bugsy he was known as one of the most feared mobsters of the 30s and 40s. Siegel was also known as a pro prolific womanizer. Ooh. <laughs> he ran a major prostitution ring. I, excuse me. Sex worker ring. <laughs> romanced actresses and socialites. And even finagled a deal to have female visitors allowed while he was in jail. Fancy. For him. Though he got a start in New, as in New York organized crime, he was sent west to California and Las Vegas when it became too dangerous for him to stay on the East Coast. In Vegas, Siegel reinvented himself in 1945 by going legitimate with the Flamingo Hotel. At the time, Vegas was still more desert than Sin City, and Siegel had a vision for the Flamingo as a draw for wealthy uh, elites and tourists alike. He sunk $6 million, which would be... $84 million wow. in today's money. 
I've stayed at the Flamingo. It's still a rather nice hotel. And they yeah. have they have penguins outside. That's right. They have the special warm uh, warm, warm weather. Peng- jackass you, penguins. You think is what they, they would called. have flamingos they have flamingos as well but they have they have jackass penguins which i was excited we went we stayed at the flamingo for my 21st birthday and i was excited to see them because i like penguins can i tell you that flamingos are my favorite birds are they really oh it's still unclear who who took down the father of modern las vegas but siegel was shot twice in the head through the window while relaxing in his girlfriend's home good god so those are some famous actual mob murders wow by people who were actually like Called hits on the mob. Yeah, hit men. Not mafia uh, hitmen. Not, not made up shit. Yeah, not made up shit. Not just like running from nothing. Running from nothing with your little Morse code. Okay, so thank you all so much for did listening. You, did you just take hosting duties from me? You did. I did. She Here, just tried to steal. This? No, I don't. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should read. You should read this though. Oh, do you want me to read the? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to close up our little episode now. Thank you again for listening to yet another episode of Our Ineptitude. We do appreciate it. We actually got a, a, a fan letter, which we are super I was stoked just, about. I was so tickled pink. I was literally crying reading it. I was like, we got our first fan mail. Oh, my God. this is I haven't read this. So just so everyone on the podcast knows, I don't listen to any of the podcasts, and I don't <laughs> deal with most things because I have a weird anxiety. One, I hate the sound of my own voice recorded. I love it right now. If I could just sound like this all the time to myself. I listen to the recordings, and you sound the same. I, I know I do, but in, yeah. you know you sound different when you when in your own head. Yeah, it's because I listen to myself, and I'm like, has my voice always been that screechy? I hate my voice, okay? <laughs> and, but I talk all the time, so I, I don't pay attention to things. So I'm just reading this so you'll get my my authentic emotional reaction says dear Casey and Ashley I just listened to your podcast girl in the box I wanted to reach out to you to you Ashley and thank you for sharing your personal story with us it really spoke to me for so many reasons I went through a very similar situation but unlike you I've never told anyone about it except my therapist for you to have the courage to speak about it not just with your friends and family but on a public podcast spoke volumes to me so much so that I had to reach out and thank you it's hard for me to even explain how much this helped me so thank you I'm definitely a fan of your podcast. I was a fan of the other one as well. Uh, you both come up with very interesting topics. Keep up the, the great work, both of you. I hope your podcast does great. I will do all I can to promote it. So I'm going to keep the name because that was a personal email. But thank you. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you, listener. You brought a tear to our yeah, cold, that, dead that hearts. Yeah, that was very touching. Uh, as So just to share a little bit about that, it takes a long time to be able to speak about these things. It's amaz- It's immensely freeing when you can get there. And part of the reason why a lot of people think, because I have a tendency to talk about things that happen to me at parties, right. and I've had, I've been accused of looking for simp- for pity or fishing for pity. I don't want pity. Yeah. The reason why I speak about this is because to speak about it is to reclaim power, to know yes. that I was not destroyed, even though I was, I had forces against me, adult forces trying yeah. to destroy me. And I won. I yeah. survived. Yeah. I am happy and healthy and whole. I have a wonderful marriage. I have great friends. Yeah. And I have made it through and I am a survivor. So to reach out to anybody, uh, please reach out to us if you would like to. If you are looking for someone to speak, to listen, anything, we do appreciate it. And we will. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, and you just need to jo- offload some stuff. We are happy to listen. I mean, we... We've been through hell, both of us, and but you're not we alone. We understand it. You're not alone. You're not and, alone. And it, it takes a long time to get there to, to be able to speak candidly about it. And and I know I can only speak, I mean, I think we both do it for this reason, which is to help inspire others who may be struggling 
with carrying the weight of their past trauma help inspire them to open up about it because it really does take that weight off. It does. It really does. I have been working on my shit for over a decade, almost two decades now, of trying to get out from underneath this. And it is a long journey, but there is so much healing through it and it can be done. So please don't ever give up. If you're listening to this, no matter who you are, don't ever give up. Yeah. You, you can make it. And if my useless ass isn't proof of that, I don't know what is. <laughs> because really, I should just be done by now. But I would miss you so much. I know everyone would miss my stench. That's true. I would mostly miss your stench. <laughs> just my stench. <laughs> so is there anything else that we wanted to... Oh, uh, just a little bit of business. We are now on iHeartRadio, so Ooh. feel free to listen and subscribe there as well uh, as already Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You could always go to our website for direct links to all of our episodes, which is ddvs.blubrry.com. <laughs> Dot, dot net. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Visit us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. It'll be uh, easier to spell. What else? If you have any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, corrections, topic suggestions, you got shit that you just want to get off your chest, you want to tell us how pretty we are. We are really pretty. We are gorgeous, by the way. Yeah. Stunning, really. <laughs> Feel free to email us at deeperdarkerpodcast at gmail.com. That's deeperdarkerpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Deeper Darker Variety Show. Bye! Goodbye! Bye.